Welcome to Seers, Beers, Knowers, and Doers, a podcast about intuition. Do you know what that is? Intuition to me is that inner sense or knowing that something is true, and yet I have no proof. But there's so many definitions, and there's so many ways it can come. I'm looking to bring together and share with you some amazing guests who have some amazing life stories and also some insights into how intuition can come. I'm looking to gather those crows in the trees. I hope you're one of them. I hope that this podcast inspires you to be more connected to your intuition. And I hope that by doing that, we make the world a better place. Thanks for coming on this journey with me. My guest today is a jack of all trades. She's a mother, wife, Six Sigma green belt, educator, business lady, motivator. She's also a person who gets stuff done and helps others do the same. When she heard I was doing this podcast, she volunteered to be my first guest. Not only that, she brought the blue Yeti that this is being recorded on. Our guest today is Natalie Lockhart. Natalie, so tell us a little bit about yourself. All right. Thanks, Heather, for having me. It's awesome to be here. Um, so I'll tell you just a little bit about myself. I won't get into two of the many of the nitty gritty details. Um, but I was mostly in the corporate world for the majority of my of my adult world. I was a teacher and didn't didn't really relate to the teaching field, and so went into the corporate world. And it's just been a couple of years ago now that my kids are school age and have gone back to school or gone off to school, uh, that I have pursued um, a business. And because the entrepreneur world is kind of my gig. Awesome. I'm kind of digging it. So that's, you know, that's a little bit about, it's without going into too much detail, that's a little bit about about my journey so far. Now, you know how excited I am when people quit their corporate jobs. You know that. I do. I am so (laughs) proud of you that you've gone on this journey because, you know, when people follow their intuition and get out of the stuff that makes them feel sick, you know, that sick feeling that sometimes happens, it's awful, right? I did it. I know where you've been. So thank you so much for following your passion. Tell me a little bit about what brought you to Heads Up Society. I love this concept, I have to say. Oh, thank you. So it's been a little bit of a journey to figure it out. Um, I I really have spent the majority of my life kind of searching for my purpose and my passion of what I want to be when I grow up. I've, mm-hmm. I've always known that there's something better and that I'm meant to do something better. And bigger, and, I would say. And bigger. Yeah. And so Heads Up Society fits in there. Um, so over the last few years with Heads Up, I've, I've changed my focus and my and my message a few times, but the one that always comes back and resonates is always about the less technology. So it really is this society is just, we're so focused on just rush, 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 rush. And we don't have any purpose to our days. We're just doing the same stuff day after day after day. So with, so with Heads Up, it's, it's more about this, about this holistic daily routine that people, these specific steps that people should have in their routine. But the messaging is focused around less technology because our society is completely addicted and we rely so heavily on technology and it derails so much of our daily purpose and our passion. 
the majority of us spend our waking hours, our waking working hours, if you have an eight to five or a nine to five, we spend it sitting behind a computer. Mm-hmm. So I'm to a little then, different there. Right. Yeah. So, but that, to then take that and to go home and then spend again, the, almost the same amount of time on a piece of technology, whether it's your phone or your tablet or even sitting behind a TV, mm-hmm. we spend the majority of our waking hours behind a screen. Your whole concept of heads up mm-hmm. and how people need to like put it away, yeah. have a conversation yes. with a human being, yeah. pay attention to your kids. I love the fact that every time I see your children, there's no technology in these kids' hands. So I love that you that you've recognized that, but I have to say, my kids do go on technology. I have technology in the house. My kids absolutely go on technology because they're seven and nine. And so they, they do have access to a little bit of it, but they're seven and nine. So they don't have a lot of access. Mm. Do they have their own phones? Hell no. Do they have their own tablets? No. But do they sometimes play on my iPad? Yes, they do. Do they? But they also do some homework on tech on technology, like oh, on my computer or on my okay. iPad. They do some of those things. So it's not that my kids have zero technology, right. but it's just that we're super aware of the amount of time that they spend behind a piece of technology. And let me just add this too: that my kids have never been brought up with technology either. For the listeners who have kids and who already have technology. It's that's another beast trying to then bring that back and trying to tame that a little bit with less access. Mm -hmm. So it's one thing to bring your to bring your kids up and just to have that belief. But then it's a whole other beast for those kids who are already entrenched there and to then kind of untrench them, if that is even a word. Right. Do you know what I mean? So So, in your awareness mm -hmm. and in your messaging, are some of those tools for parents part of? what you're doing or are you more targeting the adult like and the kids are a byproduct of the adult shifting that's an awesome question so so my messaging and my tech truths that i that i have are mostly for the adults not necessarily for the parents and how to help that there are a few a few tools and tricks and and tips that i give specifically for parents and helping with their with their children with with the less technology but the majority of the messaging is for the adults because my core belief is that we need to be the role models for our children mm-hmm. so if we're spending less te- less time on our technology and if if that's our message mm-hmm. then our kids are going to pick up on it because you can't tell your kids to not be on a technology and then you you're behind the screen all day yeah, yeah. which doesn't make sense well, and I heard once that, you know, the kids our age used to be like, okay, I want my own car because the dad would be out there washing the car every Sunday and like just loving the car and like don't bump the car and the car was the thing yep. of desire because the parent paid attention to the car because it was a big purchase item. Now, the thing that we're coveting, I think was the word is our phone and our technology. And so the kids want their own because they're seeing that as a coveted thing or they're seeing that as a thing to be paying attention to. So to, to, to twist that and think, okay, who am I coveting? What am I coveting? And turn that around to who am I coveting? Absolutely. Like, what am I coveting? It's, so the other thing that I'm wondering is because of your corporate background, mm-hmm. 
Are you taking some of this heads up messaging into the corporate world as well to build productivity or are you, is it solely individuals and it will seep into the corporate world because you're affecting the individual? So exactly. At this moment, it is solely individuals uh, where I create tools and and help people to just step away from technology because it's it's not about no tech. Mm-hmm. It's about low tech because mm-hmm. it, it doesn't make sense to be no tech. That's ridiculous. It's never going to work in our world. Right. So it really is to take the position of low tech and how can you do that? So at this moment, it's it's always it's been individuals, and I'm hoping for it to then seep into the corporations even. Uh, even the expectations of the employees, like what is what does your technology policy look like at work, or do, do you even, even have, have one? one? <laughs> My guess is no. Yeah, it really is yeah. more of the more of the the modern companies that may have one, but right. the majority of corporations aren't going to have a technology policy. No. Who wants to be available twenty four seven? It's Unhealthy. not realistic. Yeah. It's not healthy. No. So for it to for for this message to seep into corporations, it needs to if we're going to impact any kind of change with right. the employee as well. So there's incredible information out there. People need to be aware that it's just easy. So it's easy to look at your phone, but it's also really easy to not look at your phone if. You set it up correctly, right. that it's not dinging and pinging at you and that you don't have that temptation because if something dings and pings, the temptation to look is there. And you, so you need to, you need to eliminate the, the temptation and there's so many ways to eliminate that temptation. So shifting the topic a little bit. Yes. The title of our podcast, Seers, Beers, Knowers and Doers. Yes. I think you're a doer. How I do you am. get your intuition? Does it just happen when you do or... How, how does it come to you? I have spent the majority of my life figuring out what I want to be when I grow up. And my intuition, uh, I've totally blocked it out for the majority of my adult life that I, I know what needs to be done, but I just block it out as what this is this other voice talking to me. Just go away. You don't mm-hmm. know what you're talking about. Go mm-hmm. away. We've all been there, I think. I think so. Yeah. And so I've blocked it out, but just in the last few years, it might be that I've met you a few years ago, uh, has a big influence on it. But now I start listening to my intuition, but I still really do need a smack in the face. That's sometimes really what needs to happen is just a big wake up call. Like, oh, right. Ask for a gentle one. A gentle wake up call, please. (laughs) Oh, right. This is what I should be doing. I'd like to say that I'm, that I really listen to my intuition on a daily basis. Well, but I don't. I, I would suspect you listen to your intuition parenting-wise, relationship-wise. Like, yes. It's probably in every aspect of your world, except the work one, when your ego gets involved and says, no, this over here is a priority. Right. Never mind your happiness. Absolutely. That, yeah. 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 See, Heather, you're in my brain. But how many people do that? Like, I talk to people regularly that I'm telling them, quit your job, it's making me sick, because I was there, right? But... And there's responsibilities that we've all got to do. So I guess the fact that you're healthy and you haven't had that big smack in the head is because you do listen to the instincts most of the time. Yes. Right? Yep. When I listen to my intuition regarding anything, it does just my life is then just simpler. Calmer, peacefuler. Exactly. Simpler. Which I love. Yeah. I am all about yeah. that. Yeah. And it's crazy, eh? We have this inner guidance. It's really neat. Yes. And, and meditation I, helps too. 
cool. Are you doing that? Every morning. Yeah, it's made, I've been doing it since September. It's made a huge difference in my state of mind, just my positivity and set your day up starting with that. Holy, I can't even tell you how much it's changed me. Wow. Yeah. Cool. Did you find it hard at first? Hard at first. I still find it hard. (laughs) Well, that's why they call it to practice meditation. (laughs) It is hard. It is hard. But I think meditation can be a real active thing. I don't think that it has to be like, oh, no, I don't think so either. Right? I think it can be a really fluid, active thing because I think it's just in a place of allowing what comes to come. What's tough is is to stop the constant thoughts because the constant thoughts that go on in my head anyway are are not the thoughts that I want to be thinking first thing in the morning. It's not what's next and what's my day going to look like. Um, so it's just the, the thoughts of, man, she said that to me last week and you know what, I'm still um, irritated about that. It's Sometimes it's those thoughts and for me, the hard part of meditation has just been pushing those thoughts away so that I allow the purpose of the meditation, which is to set up my day and just to have that positive frame of mind. That is what it's for. So it's making So the now I just have to push it away. And those thoughts come in all the time daily. Some days are way better than others, mm-hmm. but I just need to, to learn to push those thoughts away. Boundaries. Yeah. It's a practice. Meditation is a practice. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. So, Natalie, we've got to go go looking at this work thing. Because, I mean, really, that's the place that you're saying, like, the world's going to hit you in the head, right? And so, so what are you doing for work? What are you doing? So, for the majority of my, of my life, I was a corporate. I was a teacher, then I was corporate, and I always jumped around from job to job. And then I had kids. And so once kids arrived in my world... I quit my corporate job, okay? Quit my gig, didn't want my kids to go to daycare, couldn't imagine having someone else raise my kids while I paid them to do it. I just, my personal choice, I wanted right. to stay home and do that. Yeah. So that's what I did. And as my kids got older, this niggling concern or this niggling that's always been with me about what is it that I want to do with my with my life. And so searching for this purpose has been my it's taken my entire life, basically, in 20 plus years. Right. But as my kids got older and started school, then I thought, okay, because I don't want them to go to daycare and I have these priorities, I completely designed my life around my kids. So I thought, okay, why don't I teach? Because now my kids are in school. If I'm also teaching, it's pretty much the same hours. So I would still be able to get them after school, do homework, do all of those, all of those things that are a priority to me. But you hated So I started teaching knowing that 20 years ago, there was a reason why I didn't continue to teach. Right. It was because I didn't like it. Were you hired full-time at that point? Like, were you working in a classroom full-time way back when? 20 years ago? Yeah. I was. And I hated every moment of it. So, in all my (laughs) infinite wisdom... I thought, okay, this is going to be great. Because it fits on paper. It fits. It works into my world. It checks off all my boxes. I'm going to start teaching again. Correct. Intuition had nothing to do with all the boxes being checked. What was your body doing at this point? Like what, or what was your emotional self doing at this point when you were like, oh, all the boxes are checked. Go away. Like, did your physical body do something? Do you remember when I first met you? 
my body was saying that I needed some kind of a release. In my mind, I always wanted to go to a, to a shooting range, to a, like a firing yeah. range. I, that's how my body reacted to me not listening to my intuition was I need to do something to release this rage, this whatever was happening and it sits in, in my belly and it sat there for years that I need this kind of release and I was never really sure what that, what that actually meant. That's what it looked so like So you for just me. walked around with a smile on your face, very angry. Yes. Yes, this was my world for a lot of years. But you, you exercised during that time. Yes. You got back into exercise at one point, really hardcore, and yes. got happier. Yes. Like, so that became a physical release. Exactly. So what are you doing now? So I'm still teaching. You're teaching. I still am teaching. So I'm teaching uh, the GED program. So it's adults. A little better. Okay. Okay. A little better. Right. Um, but still not where I belong. And I know it. Mm-hmm. But the great thing is that I know it. And right. I have an out. Life takes over, though, because I have bills. I have kids. I have a husband. I have those things that consistent income dropping into my bank account every two weeks is a little bit of a priority for me. So that is where I'm not listening to my intuition because I'm doing something that I know is not where I belong, but I'm doing it again because it checks the boxes, which is not where my intuition belongs. It's not, uh, intuition has no part of it in that moment, in those checking the boxes. However, the heads up, society's filling your intuition. Exactly. So now I have an out because I have found something that really doesn't feel like work and that's really cool and that's for the first time for for the first time ever that I've spent my 20 plus years as an adult just kind of searching and figuring out my way and my journey Mm -hmm. Um, and it's led me to this moment that it's like "Ah." well I would bet though that chances are all those other steps are, are part of the journey that you're not going to throw away. So, Natalie, one more story. You've been married twice, right? Yeah. Oh, see? See? It's like a different life for me. Yeah, I have. It's a blank slate over there now? You know what? It is very much like I have two lives. Hmm. That, is my, that is my life before, and I know that it, it's my life, obviously, that it happened. When I think about my life today versus my life when I was 23 and got married at 23, um, it doesn't, I'm not even the same person. I honestly don't even think about those times mm. because it doesn't even feel like it's me. Was that an instance where you weren't listening to your intuition? When yes. You, so it really. I knew I, knew I needed to say no, mm-hmm. but I said yes. Mm-hmm. Crazy mm-hmm. that we do that. Yes. But there's, again, Checking off the tick boxes on a piece of paper when they all make sense. That's it. This is what's expected of me. This is what what I need to do. This is the next progression. This this is this is what society is telling me I need to do. Mm -hmm. And we listen to that so often Mm -hmm. rather than listening to ourselves because we don't want to disappoint. We don't we don't want to let people down. We want to stay on course and do this because it's the easy thing to do. Because mm-hmm. to change direction, change course in the middle of everything is not the easy thing to do. Mm-mm. And it's it. there's conflict and... It's messy. Conflict isn't fun and it is messy. Yeah. So we choose the easy route time and time again. So when you 
got out of that. Yes. Was it like you got an alignment in another area of your life and it just, something got a little easier? Got out of what? Got out of the got relationship? Out of the yeah, the marriage. Uh, when was I there, got out of the relationship. Was, it, was there a sense was, of, I'm a little bit more aligned? Uh, I'm going to say no. Okay. No, because I was still really young. And oh. I, yeah, I was only 28. So okay. married at 23, divorced at 28. Okay. And then, so I'm still checking the boxes in a lot of different areas of my life. Okay. So I still, I wasn't free. I was free from that. But then I was still trapped within the work and the okay. family and, and those kinds of boxes still, the expectations. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. And still disappointing people. Like, I didn't even want to tell people that I was getting divorced, like, it was a secret for so long. Mm. So many people didn't know because I was scared of what people would say, how they would judge me, being a disappointment to my family, all of those things. All of those things. Yep. It's amazing how we get imprinted as a kid with some things that mm-hmm. take us out of alignment. Mm-hmm. Eh? And it's nobody's fault. It's just the way it is. Mm-hmm. Um, so do you think sometimes as we get older and become more um, wise... We hope so. We hope um, that, to a certain extent, it's easier to listen to our intuition because we get more of a um, spine. We're, we we get rid of or we feel more free to get rid of the expectations that are put on us. I in my in my situation, and for I can only speak in my my own personal opinion. But as I get older, that's what I feel that. Well, those are your expectations. Those aren't mine. Whereas before, I would have picked up your expectations and put them, put your expectations on me as well. Right. But today, it's and it's experience. It is getting older. It's learning. It's it's just it's walking through life and learning those lessons. That when you get here, I think I believe it becomes easier to just know. I'm doing I'm doing me now. Mm-hmm. I've done everyone else for so long, but now I'm being me. Yeah. Now I'm doing me. Good. Well, I can't wait to do you in all areas of your life. It's going to be exciting. It's exciting. It is going to be really exciting. Yes. Cool. Well, thank you for having me. It's I'm so I'm honored and flattered to be your first guest of this podcast, and I'm so proud of you for following your dreams and listening to your intuition. And thank you so much for having me. No, thank you, Natalie. It's been great. Thank you so much for giving us your time today. We truly appreciate our guests for sharing their stories and insights about how intuition has impacted their lives. And I'm so grateful for Peter Trainer for his time in giving me this original music. It's now your turn. It's your turn to listen and act on your own intuition and help make the world a better place. Until next time, keep seeing, being, knowing, and doing. If you like this podcast, please share it. If you want to find others like it, go to www.healingvitality.ca or wherever you would find your podcasts. We would love to have you join us on this journey. Come be a crow sitting in the tree. Be part of our community.